0: Welcome to the Mindsets Art Podcast. I'm your Mindset coach, CJ Leedy. And are you aware of your level of competence? Are you competence conscious? In important areas of your life, are you unconsciously competent within a skill set that you think you're doing well? Is it possible that you are unconsciously uncompetent? Is your mind currently twisted backwards with all this com, con, uncon, uncom terminology? Today we are covering what all this means for you and two specific tools that relate to building your skills and your overall confidence. Do you consider yourself to be a confident person in general? Maybe are there areas of your life where you consider yourself, you know what, in this area I'm super confident. And in other areas, you're kind of like, well, I don't exactly know what I'm doing here. And I feel a little shaky. Confidence relates to everything that we do, whether it's learning to drive a car or fly a plane or starting a new career or rising to the top of your profession. Maybe it's taking on a new health goal or finding love or building love with a loved one. Everything that we do has an element of confidence that plays a key role. Take a relationship, for example. You know, our confidence and our comfortability has a huge impact on the way that we interact with that person, especially while we're navigating maybe complicated territories. And if you're in the midst of a conflict with your partner, even just a simple difference in emotion, such as feeling confident that you can navigate this challenge and reach a more beneficial understanding and a positive future effect on your relationship in general, versus having that feeling where you're like, man, I'm just afraid that this isn't going to work out. And you start to project that negative outcome, which then drives your actions towards a fear-based solution. So those two slight differences in thought and emotional disposition could be the difference maker in a relationship at a key moment same thing goes with your career. You know, we're constantly faced with these little forks in the road to go after a new challenge or maybe determine, ah, you know, I'm just not feeling quite ready for it yet and not taking that action. Minor shifts in our confidence play a key role in whether or not we step towards the right opportunities or we shy away in a moment of uncertainty, which leads us into two completely different futures. And ultimately, this isn't to say that every single time you should just always take the most confident, ballsy, bold action moving forward, but it's to say an unwarranted lack of confidence in these minor moments can shift our fate in major ways. We want to make sure that confidence is not the weak link. We want to be able to look at things in a rational and logical perspective without confidence being a factor. We know we can do anything that we set out to do. Fear is not going to play a role in whether or not we accomplish it. And those moments where we handle difficult situations with calm confidence, that can open the door to completely different versions of our future reality and our quality of life. So where does confidence come from and how do we build more? How do we go about fine-tuning our confidence and comfortability in different areas of our lives? Well, there are a lot of factors and elements of confidence, but today we're going to break these down into two fundamental building blocks of confidence. So if you can generate both of these, you can then build on them and find deep levels of confidence in yourself and your life in general, or within specific skill sets that you really wanna improve upon. And these are broken down into two specific aspects. Building confidence is both about dealing with the physiological side of things, as well as the philosophical side of things. The physiological side is really about competence. And the philosophical side is about developing a deep internal peace of mind. So the competence element, that's really practical and pragmatic. The other is more of the philosophical in nature, the underpinnings of where confidence is born. Each one is crucially important and cannot exist without the other. But let's start on the side of competence and save the dessert for last. So As Mary Jo Putney said, competence is the greatest creator of confidence, end quote. So back in the 1960s, three management professors at New York University created a textbook called Management of Training Programs. In it, there was a four-stage process for understanding your level of competence and consciousness within different areas of your life. And this model was eventually popularized by the Gordon Training International in the 1970s, where it was later referred to as the four stages of learning any new skill. So competence is crucial, right? Being good at something is what then leads you to feel good about how well you do that thing, therefore making you feel more confident to go out and perform when the pressure is on. So the four stages really suggest how people go through this process of gaining competence within a certain area. It's basically saying that in the beginning, you don't really know that you don't know things. So you sort of go in with an air of false confidence. And over time, you kind of become aware of the fact that you didn't know what you were doing. Your confidence dips a little bit, but then you start to learn, you start to grow, you start to improve. And over time, you become aware of, hey, actually, I'm starting to get pretty good at this thing. And then over the long term, you just start to build in this deep unconscious intuition that helps push you through. So let's break these down into the four stages. The first one is called unconscious incompetence. And they attribute that with the phrase, the wrong intuition. The person starting this new skill doesn't necessarily realize that they don't know what they're doing, right? You just get in, you try it. And sometimes it's where beginner's luck exists. You've got this false sense of confidence. And maybe that helps you to perform well in a specific area. You don't know your shortcomings yet, so you're not focused on them. And sometimes that can help you. But in the long term of building competence, you really got to get as quickly to the stage of consciously incompetent, which is stage two because stage one is really you don't know what you don't know, right? So can you think of any areas of your life where you might have blinders on? It might be something you're just getting started and you're like, man, I can crush this. But you found you kind of like, you know what, I bet there's probably a lot more to this than I don't quite know yet. And that's not a bad thing, but that's just to say, hey, take a second and open your mind to the different items of this. Start to learn, start to get past this unconscious incompetence phase as quickly as possible, because it's really just holding you there with this false sense of confidence. And the quicker you can evolve along these stages, the more genuinely competent and confident you're going to be in whatever you're doing. So stage two, like we said, it's conscious incompetence. They call this the wrong analysis. So the individual realizes that they maybe don't know everything about it. They're interested in learning. They're trying to push farther into this new skill and they're aware of their deficit and they're trying to learn. So they're making the mistakes that are very important to learning the new process. So how about that? Is there an area of your life where you currently are like, man, I know that I want to be good at this thing, or I know I have to be good at this thing, whether it's for work or within a relationship or your health, where you're like, man, you know what? I know. That That I don't know everything I need to know about this. And this is typically where we feel the least confident. It's in stage two. We're conscious of our incompetence, right? So you feel yourself lacking. This is the most important stage to learn and to take those skills and to grow as quickly as possible. To say, how can I improve and really get to stage three so I can then feel that confidence and do the things that I'm already doing even better? So that brings us to stage three. It's called conscious competence. And they refer to this as right analysis. So the first one was wrong intuition, second one was wrong analysis. Now the third stage is right analysis. So when you get to this stage, you actually know how to do that thing. Maybe you've broken it down into specific steps. You say, I need to do this, 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 and this. As long as I do them in this way, I'm going to be successful. Now you start to really feel that confidence where you're like, yep, I know I can execute on this. I've done it before. I can do it again in the future. But in stage three, you still kind of feel this sense of like, I have to focus, I have to execute, I have to pay close attention because if I miss something, I'm going to fall back into that incompetence level. I got to be very focused to get this done. It hasn't become autopilot yet for me. So that brings us to stage four. It's called unconscious competence. And they refer to this as right intuition. So at this point, you've gotten to the place where you've had so much practice with a skill that it's become second nature, can be performed very easily. And it could even be performed while executing another task, right? You can literally do it brainlessly. And this is where you, you know, you, and this is where you flip around. And you start teaching it to others, and this might be where you turn around and start teaching it to others. This is where the flow state can occur very easily, especially in sports and high levels of career performance. This is where we really excel. It's where we really thrive. We don't even have to think about it. We can execute consistently. So those are the four. Number one, unconscious incompetence, which is essentially the wrong intuition. Number two, conscious incompetence, which is the wrong analysis. Number three, conscious competence, which is the right analysis. And then you've got unconscious competence, which is the right intuition. We all have many skills in life, and a lot of them are unrelated to each other. A lot of them are related. Ultimately, every different skill, we fall into a different category of the conscious competence scale. And so can you isolate a few areas, a few skill sets that you really want to improve on that you know are important for your life and ask yourself, where do I currently fall and what can I do to move to the next stage? So ultimately, confidence is a direct reaction of somebody who feels confident about their ability to do something well, right? So the more practiced you are in a specific area more training that you've had, the more you study, the more you read, the more you feel like you know that thing inside and out and you have succeeded in that area on a consistent basis, the more confidence you are naturally going to feel. So get out there and practice and read and study and research all of those areas that are important to you that you say, hey, I want to get better in this area. Continue to go to work and take action in that area. So competence is great and it's important. But is that the only way to build confidence? Is our confidence strictly a reaction to how good we are at something? Genuine question there. Or does confidence actually have an effect on your competence? As Zig Ziglar said, when your confidence goes up, your competence goes up at the same time. End quote. So is there a way to specifically build our confidence That's not directly related to competence because that's obviously an important element as well. And I believe there are many ways to do this, but I think the most important is to build it at a deep philosophical level in your life. Something that is deeper and underneath the surface has much less to do with our conscious activities. And this is really about the deep relation that you have within your perspective on life. It's this deep internal rooting system that can reach into everything else that you do. I think that this is best summed up as peace of mind. I almost thought of it as like a self-esteem, but it's deeper than self-esteem. Self-esteem is kind of this general positive feeling about yourself, but peace of mind, as I'm referring to, is about this just deeper acceptance of life, of letting go, of not needing to be perfect, not needing to be right, not needing to be the best, or expecting to have it all figured out. It's just knowing that in life, we're all moving along and we are at different stages in everything that we do. And we're not judging ourselves on our specific performance around that. And when you can really cultivate that feeling at a deep level, it becomes this impermeable force that surrounds everything that you do. Because it doesn't matter if you're a newbie, if you're just trying something for the first time, or if you're a seasoned pro, you're the best in the business, or you're somewhere in between. It's the reality that you can carry that same level of comfortability into everything that you're doing because you're not judging the outcome. You're at peace with the results, regardless of what they are. You could do great, you could do miserable. The key is that it has no impact on the feelings that are to follow, because you're at peace. You're gonna be content with the outcome regardless of success or failure. And that feeling has the potential to break the grounds of all the other normal forms of practical confidence, right? It's not about fake it till you make it, or getting there specifically with competence. This is on a whole different plane. A whole different dimension that operates in its own set of conditions that are not impacted by the outside world. It's about your own internal calibration. It's your own state of Zen. It's this quiet contentment within yourself and the world around you. You give off this peaceful layer of confidence that can stretch into everything else that you do. Because peace of mind is a state that you can hold on to, it's a place that you can go take refuge within. And it's not based on the results. It's just an internal feeling that you hold on to where you know what? You just say, I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go of being concerned about how others are feeling about what I do, how I'm feeling about what I do. I am recognizing that, hey, I am just a person doing a thing and however it turns out is okay. And if that works out great, awesome. If it doesn't, that's okay too. When you can really cultivate that feeling, that energy, that emotion, you reach this deeper level of confidence where you're able to say, I'm going to be okay, regardless of what happens here. I'm going to be okay. Even if it means I got to take a left or right turn or go straight after this, I will assess that situation next. And I will do what's best with the information that I have at that point. It's okay. I don't have to be concerned about the future outcome before I get there. It's all going to be good. Life isn't supposed to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. As soon as you realize that you can't be perfect, you give up the effort to try. And then you can just become a natural reflection of who you are. Your outputs can just be genuine they can just be real. They lose their sense of connection to, oh yeah, you know what? I'm going to be the best. I'm going to do this so well. Because then you're tying your efforts to some sort of outcome that you really don't have control over. It really goes back to this Buddhist sense of non-attachment. It's when you can dig into that sense of Zen where you just say, you know what? Whatever comes of all this is what comes of all of this. I am just a person doing a thing. There's no expectation for me to be perfect. And even think about that especially like put yourself in a competitive environment situation. You think, oh, you know, I have to be the best. I have to be the best. Why do you have to be the best versus somebody else in the competition with you? Honestly, why are, why are you supposed to be the best instead of that person? Why are you any more important than, than that other person? Is there not any part of you that says, you know what, if somebody else outperforms me here, that's awesome for them. Happy for them. That's great. Why is that any worse than you being the most successful in the thing that you did? It's just about showing up and letting go of the outcome. You can try. You can be the best. You can win. You can enjoy that. There's nothing wrong with that. But do not connect your next feeling with the outcome. Except that, hey, whether I take first place or last, I'm going to feel X about this. And I'm going to keep on moving afterwards. When you really cultivate that feeling and that energy and that belief system, now you hold this level of confidence in everything that you do because you're no longer confident in your ability to produce the outcome. You're confident in your ability to produce the emotion that you want to feel next. That's what matters. That's where that confidence can come from we go, you know what? I could fuck this up royally, but I'm still going to feel good. And if you are confident in your ability to reach that good feeling at the end of this, regardless of outcome, now, boom, suddenly performance anxiety is off the table, right? It doesn't matter. You don't care. You hope that you do well. You want to do well. You try to do well. Great. But if you don't, it doesn't affect. So those are really the two, right? One is competence. Important. Learn, improve, build your skills, take in as much information as possible. But number two, Build that deep sense of confidence in who you are, in life itself, in recognizing that you don't have to be perfect, that the outcome is less important than what you put into it and what you do next. Let go of the expectation of results to build a deeper level of confidence, and that will actually make you perform at a higher level, right? You take away the anxiety, you take away the fear, and you build that peace of mind. So when it comes to building confidence, take on both of those pieces. Build your skill sets, expand your level of conscious competence, Get to that level of mastery, that unconscious competence, and that will create a deep level of confidence in yourself, but also work on your peace of mind. Accept where, who, and how you are, just as you are. No judgment, just appreciation and presence. And that level of confidence will leak into everything that you do. You're just a person showing up to engage and participate. That's all. Remove the outcomes, remove the attachments to the results, and that confidence will benefit your performance. But most importantly, it will add to the enjoyment and satisfaction of what you're doing, the quality of the experience. Like we so often say on Mindset is Art, life is an experience and the quality of the experience that you're having is the quality of your life. It's less about the achievements and the specific outcomes as it is about how you felt as you were doing it and when you were done. And that's not about what happened. It's about how you see it. So focus on the experience. Focus on the quality of the experience and live from that place. Make your decisions around that. So, that's what we're working with today. Maybe you saw it. We changed some of the art on the page. I've also got a Mindset is Art Instagram page where I'm doing little infographics that relate to the different podcasts that we put out in the past. So, if you're interested, go and join it. Mindset is Art. Would love to have you following along over there as well. This is the Mindset is Art podcast. Thanks for going to MI with me today.